Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of The Collected Podcast. I'm your host, Ash Thorpe. This is going to be episode 226 with 3D and 2D concept artist, Arsen Azirankulov. It was, uh, this, show, this show has been a couple weeks in the making. Um, we've been having a lot of crazy stuff going on with the corona pandemic right now. And, um, but so thankful we had a chance to make this happen and finally get the chance to meet and talk. Arsene's work is amazing. Uh, first time I was introduced to his work, I've loved it ever since. And so it's really great to have him on because I'm a big fan of his work. Uh, and it, we just talk a lot about his journey. He's had a really interesting journey and it's really cool to hear the differences between our journeys and how we kind of end up to be the creatives that we are. So this one's got a lot of really interesting things. So I really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Arson, for coming on the show. Let's get right into it. This is going to be episode 226. Let's roll. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. I've been a big fan of your work ever since I found it. I'm trying to think back to when I first encountered your work. It was probably like maybe three or four years ago or so. Um, It just really stood out. Obviously, you have a very unique eye and style. Um, And uh, yeah, so it's it's awesome for me personally to have you on here because I've been such a fan of your work for such a long time. Um, Yeah, so thanks for being on the show. Oh, thank thank you so much. Yeah, as I said before the recording, I've been a like such a huge fan. I watched all the shorts. Uh, I'm, I listened to all the podcasts for multiple times, and actually, your podcast was the first podcast that I started listening to in English. So wow! And then I discovered Joe Rogan's podcast through your podcast. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, we all have Joe Rogan to thank, basically. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Joe's like, uh, yeah. I actually, I was. Uh, uh-huh. Sorry, sorry. All right, go ahead, go ahead. We're across uh, the world I, I, too, so people are listening. You're all the way out. In, are you in St. Petersburg? Is that where you're at? Yeah, yeah. I'm in St. Petersburg, Russia. And, and so. I'm all the way out in California, so we're on the other sides of the globe. So yeah. <laughs> but sorry, yeah, what yeah, were you yeah, saying? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I've been. I remember the moment actually, the first time listening to your podcast. I was uh, I was in China, and I was like walking in the park all alone uh, in the fog, and I was listening to podcast with a, uh, I think his name is Matt Core Control Paint. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's like episode thirty or something. Yeah, I've I've been listening to that, and uh, I was thinking about switching the careers. Mm. And what were yeah, you doing I started that? listening to your podcast and then, uh, so I'm from Kyrgyzstan originally. And then I went to university in China. I studied architecture for two years. And, uh, during the second year, I thought to switch the careers because I watched Lord of the Rings, oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> the behind the scenes. Yeah. So like concept art, oh, <laughs> that was then, your first introduction uh, yeah, to concept art. <laughs> Yeah, I, I remember I was watching behind the scenes uh, of like making of games and then they, they showed concept artists like for two seconds or something. I thought like, oh, cool. And then I forgot about it completely. And then a couple, couple years later, I I discovered those those behind the scenes. Yeah. Hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. That's, so um, that was the, yeah, the first yeah, Weta mm-hmm. is so. Um, I think I, I can't remember. Was it Weta that? I mean, I know Weta had a yeah, huge yeah. part in it, but 
I, I remember watching it. There's so many hours of awesome behind the scenes in that, but I, I think it was almost all done out in New Zealand, I believe. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, yeah. So that was your kind of, you saw that and you're like, oh, okay. Like, I think I can make this happen. Is that kind of your thinking? Like you're like, yeah, okay, it, there's a role. Is this, is this just, a, that was like, cause every time with this stuff, it's, it's almost like, oh, you, you go through your life and then you're kind of lost. And then all of a sudden you see somebody else kind of doing what your soul wants and you're like, oh crap, I can't believe this is real. And somebody else managed to do it, you know? So, um, is it, and so that, that moment you just kind of realized it was, it was possible. Yeah, exactly. It's like solidified the idea of the, that there are people doing it and it's it's possible to do it and since it's film like i knew that people my, my parents would would uh support it because uh, they also they also know the lord of the rings and then there are people making that stuff mm. and uh before that it was actually manga like bef- because i i needed to do architecture basically because i chose architecture I needed to do entering exams, so I did some academic drawing before starting university. Then I gave up after <laughs> after I uh, entered the school. But at that time, I discovered manga called Blame, or mm-hmm. yeah, you know that mm-hmm. by Tsutomu Nihei. Yeah, yeah. So I, I discovered that, and then he was architect before. So I thought like, oh, maybe I'll finish the university, become an architect, and then in my free time, I could do something on my own with art but after after lord of the rings i i knew that it's a viable path mm. that's awesome super cool yep. and and a big props mm-hmm. to that team for showing you that that's so cool <laughs> yeah 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 and then after that i discovered like oh people don't do much of 2d and then you need to learn 3d and all that stuff it's like oh <laughs> yeah because <laughs> yeah, in that i think there's a lot of um I think because, well, I think there's something really interesting about their approach when they built that, because I believe that some of the original artists were kind of, they're not like, they wouldn't be like the rock star artists necessarily on like, say, a current day art station or something, right? And the the same could be said for a lot of the early concept art for a lot of the early like um, kind of special films like Star Wars, even like the costume designer, um, that person's art wasn't like amazing but it was actually really yeah, highly effective. <laughs> it was, it's like the interesting yeah, thing yeah. is like, there wasn't so high polished. The ideas were actually more important than the execution almost. And there was a bridge between the two where mm-hmm. the artist could actually produce like really cool things. They didn't have to be amazing drafts people as well. It was just a bonus if that was the case, you know? So whereas now it's almost like expected for you to know like 40 programs and know how to animate <laughs> and light and all that stuff. It's pretty interesting, but that's just cause the market's so saturated. Everybody has to accelerate. Um, yeah, which is interesting, but I hate calling it a market cause it's people, but it's so true though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting though. Um, and so that kind of got you excited and so kind of, could you kind of explain, so there's quite a bit of a, a jump from being in school in China and why did you show out of everywhere to go? Was there just a better unique college out in China for architecture? Uh, I think it's because it's fairly easy to get a scholarship in China. Basically, you just um, there are firms or like companies in our country that uh, you apply, you give them your documents, and then they send your documents to all the universities across the chi- across China. And China has this like government uh, scholarship 
I guess it's to get this like soft power across the world so people would know their language and culture, all that stuff. Mm. So I got, so I accepted to, it's called uh, Hebei University. It's like in, it's um, south, I think, of Beijing. It's like very close to Beijing. It's like a super small city. Uh, the city is called ba Baoding, and I studied there. Uh, yeah, that's why I chose China. It's because I was so unhappy in Kyrgyzstan. It's like, oh, take me out of here somewhere. <laughs> it's like, China, okay, I'll go there. Wow, interesting. <laughs> yeah. And they speak so Mandarin the, there? Is yeah, that, that was the reason. Yeah, yeah, they, uh, in Kyrgyzstan we speak Russian because it's like ex-Soviet ex country. There are two languages, Kyrgyz and Russian, but I don't know Kyrgyz. So. Mm -hmm. And uh, in China there's, yeah, Mandarin. We, uh, like we need to go, before studying, starting university, like everyone st studies Chinese, Chinese for one year. And Just then to be you take the exam. Somewhat? Yeah, think, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I don't think it's enough at all. <laughs> yeah like one cool. year it's impossible <laughs> yeah sure it's a very complicated language yeah. i'm sure oh yeah it's like oh and it's <laughs> so hard it's so, so easy to forget and then the writing system and speaking is not connected at all mm. and yeah it's kind of like it's also hard to learn it passively because everybody study studies english in school and when i entered university i could not speak english but I knew some grammar, some basic words, so I started watching um, like TV shows and stuff and listening to podcasts, and then I, I became sort of uh, able to talk, yeah. Wow. But That's it's really impossible cool. with Chinese. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, I have quite a few friends that are um, Chinese, and um, yeah, the language is so unique. I have so much, uh, um, I really appreciate it people learning new languages because it is so challenging and to put the time in and yeah yeah to like go from one language and the and lifestyle to a whole completely different one that must have been really interesting to go to a totally oh different yeah culture. i went there at 17 so. mm, it's young too yeah yeah so that's actually pretty Super. cool though yeah did that and and so yeah. how long was this process when you were in uh, china and what I part of china, china were you at uh i was in northern part of china so it was like uh I don't know, communist sort of. Uh, there are a lot of uh, architecture left from that era. Hmm. So it wasn't, uh, I, I did not have cultural shock, I guess. That was that was strange for me. I thought like I'd be surprised, but no. Hmm. And uh, I did not really need any time of adapting because everything kind of felt great at first. So, But the internet was terrible though. It's like everything is closed yeah no no access yeah yeah because it's kind of a closed off uh, state yeah mm -hmm. um but uh yeah i have uh yeah i'm so curious about china and just other parts of the world too because it's at the end of the day we're all humans and we all like we're just living and surviving and th trying to thrive basically but everybody yeah. just has a different system so in america it's um it's obviously the culture is so different so it's these these things are so fascinating to me so but I can't imagine um, the the interesting um, aspects of going to school out there and stuff. So, and how long did the how long was your education out there? Uh, total time seven years. So one year of studying Chinese, and then uh, two years of architecture, and then four years of oil painting. Four years of oil painting. Wow. Yeah, 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 yeah. We had the uh, when I tried to switch. 
there was animation program, but at the time I, I wanted to be like 2D. I was hardcore 2D, and then I looked at animation curriculum. Then they had they had a lot of um, they had 3D, 2D. They had basically they had too much. And oil painting program was like anatomy, uh, portrait, still life, landscape. That's it. I thought like oh maybe I'll I'll learn fundamentals there. But actually I was uh, quite disappointed in the program because. It was. It wasn't like huge art school. It was just art department in the. I don't know how to call it. Like science school, technical mm-hmm. university. They had a lot of engineering programs, and then the art department was very, very small. So we did not have a lot of um, hours practicing. And but the good part was we um, foreigners did not need to study many courses. So basically, I took only art art program i did not need to study um i don't know like uh basically all the communism stuff (laughs) so Mm. i spent i spent the time studying and doing digital art at at home i actually have all the photos uh of my progress that's cool Uh, i was gonna ask you that yeah Yeah. Yeah, because that's so that's the link yeah because Okay, cool. I'll check this out. Yeah, because yeah. when I look at your work now, obviously you're so it's cool that you came from. I'm always curious as to like where people's inspirations and their kind of their motivations and their time was spent. Uh, because our artists usually that spend certain times doing certain things, it usually evolves into the next step, you know? So, mm-hmm. like a really good uh, drafts person that knows anatomy and all that stuff usually can translate that to other. Um, skills and and different practices because um, it, it's, it's all just tools. Once but once the base la- layer of knowledge is there, mm-hmm. like knowing how to make a, a composition or a fundamental um, understandings of just light and value and color and shape and tone and all that kind of stuff. So um, that's cool. I didn't know that. That's cool that you were traditionally taught and and working in paints for four years. That's pretty interesting. Yeah, yeah, I came there with zero knowledge. So, and then I, I left. Actually, all the digital training has also helped me a lot because, like, painting in Photoshop is so similar to oil painting, and it's kind of strange how similar it is. It's gotten a lot better now too. Like, the mixer brush is pretty awesome. Like, um, oh yeah, yeah. It's the technology inside of Photoshop has gotten a lot better. Um, every time I think iterations just got cooler features and. I haven't painted digitally for a long time. And then um, just recently, the past couple of weeks, I've been doing a lot of heavy painting. And I was like, wow, it's, oh. it's pretty crazy. I didn't realize how much it's grown since the last time I really did some stuff in it. So, yeah, super cool. A lot of advancements. Yeah, yeah. Especially also like uh, when we paint digitally, it's kind of similar to Alla Prima method of oil painting when you apply like thick layers of paint and... Uh, there are other painting methods as well, like the ways, um, like starting from black and white mm-hmm. and then laying like uh, thin layers of oil paint. It's basically like coloring black and white in Photoshop and that you can do the same in oil paints as well. The, the way the Renaissance painter painted, they basically started from black and white. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's a really yeah. interesting method. Mm-hmm. It's like almost like extracting the image from within, you know, it's like pulling it out or building it from it so it's really mm-hmm. interesting it's like yeah people's approaches are always unique did when you were <laughs> learning did you find that did i mean obviously you probably did a lot of studies was there a thing that <laughs> you 
like gravitated towards more than the other things. So like, you know, I really like landscapes or I liked, um, gestural painting or I don't know, um, imaginative painting. What was something that you enjoyed the most? Uh, I think I joined the most uh, figure and anatomy because when starting out, I did a lot of sci-fi, like all the, a lot of military stuff. And in my sketchbook, there was a lot of military guys. But uh, I don't know, somewhere along the way, it all like I took, I don't know, 180 turn uh, and it, it changed a lot to to like semi abstract figures that I have now. But in the beginning, yeah, it was a lot of sci-fi stuff, a lot of characters, um, actually fantasy. In the beginning, my problem was that I was doing too many studies and uh, doing like doing imaginary work was a, quite a challenge. But mm. once I discovered uh, ways of, uh, I don't know how to say it, <laughs> basically like rendering forms, then I, I switched to doing some some abstract looking things hmm. yeah the yeah. usually the leap from being um, really good at knowing your skills and your tools to going and being imaginative is usually a big leap because um, the oh, more yeah. you learn the skills or the tools usually you don't learn that side by side with an imagination and oftentimes as an artist you get lost and like because i see really proficiently technical technically savvy artists but their art's very soulless and then I see the opposite where like it's technically bad, but it's so original, you know, <laughs> so it's really <laughs> yeah. rare where you have that blend between the two. And so you said you went to school when you were 17. How mm -hmm. old are you now? I'm 20. Oh, uh, how old? I'm 26. Yeah. You just, just turned, turned 26 too, right? Yeah, yeah just yeah. turned 26. Yeah. March babies. And this, just <laughs> so, the, so the world knows it's uh, March 29th. And so your mm -hmm. birthday was recently and we both yeah. had birthdays in March and it's currently the, there's this, uh, Corona pandemic in the world. So basically <laughs> everything, <laughs> mostly everything is on hold. So, um, yeah, so our birthdays, but it sounds like you are like me, you don't really care. So it was like, yeah, I don't, <laughs> yeah, you said, I think you said you watched, you had cake and watched anime or something like that. Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, so this is, I mean, you're still quite young, which is really great, but that whole educational experience and then kind of going through that, I, I like to start there because it usually kind of spawns the next conversations as things evolve. So, mm -hmm. and also knowing your age, I'm like, hmm, cool. I wonder if you like were influenced by this or that because everything is influential, right? So, mm -hmm. but I imagine when you studied at school, was there a particular artist or somebody that you really were drawn to and for a particular reason? Oh yeah, a lot of Chinese artists like uh, Ruan Jia, Zhong Fanghua. Uh, Ruan Jia, you probably know. Uh, people call him Ruan Jia, actually. <laughs> but this guy. How do you um, spell his name? Yeah, I, I sent the art station okay. link. Yeah, I was I was looking at his work from the start. Yeah, he, uh, he inspired yes, yes, me yes. quite a bit. Beautiful you know? art. Yeah. Yeah, it's very beautiful. And uh, also in terms of anime, obviously all the Miyazaki stuff. Hmm. Uh, Ghost in the Shell. I also like, uh, my favorite is Vampire Hunter D. Oh, That's, yes, yes. Uh, Bloodlust. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's so 2004. Good. Kojiri. One, yeah. 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 Yeah, I yeah, love that one. Best. So good. <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah. no good. It's like my guilty pleasure stuff. I love it so yeah. good. Yeah, Vampire Hunter D Bloodlust has got some of the coolest 
designs and ideas and stuff um it's i'm drawing a blank i'm a big art fan of is is a yeah yoshitaka yeah that's it yeah yeah amano's work he's an he's a perfect example who i was saying earlier like there's there's drawings i've seen of his that i'm like wow that's really like very imaginative but it's horribly executed almost like not to be (laughs) i'm not trying to be a jerk i'm just being real about the like the anatomy is all wrong or that's all oh yeah yeah but for me, I don't care. I'm. Tr- I want it to be known that I really do love his work and appreciate it. But <laughs> there's a childlike nature to his work that I think is really beautiful. Um, and I think that there's that imagination that kind of runs through, and you can feel it in the work. Where it's not like he's going on art station and trying to uh, like pull a muse or inspiration from you know like things um, that are current day. It's like he's pulling from inside himself, almost like from. Uh, past experiences or just experiences in general but yeah mm-hmm. yeah i love his work a lot and you can um my mom also does art she's a fashion cool. designer and i showed her yoshitaka mano stuff and and she like pointed out three influences like oh this is like aubrey beardsley oh this is like uh alphonse muka and leon buxton i checked the, their work and then oh it's pretty similar to amano's <laughs> there you go yeah that's awesome I mean, it goes to show that nothing's really original. And when you think it, yeah. it is, you just have to look back at the the time that people were able to be influenced by what. And it was usually like magazines and stuff. I mean, if you think about the way that for me personally as an American, like the way that Otomo's work kind of just shook America, basically, it was pretty crazy because Akira was like <laughs> one of the big films, the big seminal kind of animation films from the other side of the world that came through. And that really, you can see its influence um, in all artists now, especially from America. You can see subtle influences mm-hmm. from it. So I guess you can basically see everybody's influence um, from yeah. everywhere. You know? So it always comes from something. It always makes me and think, like, what were the original ones inspired by? But I think it was just nature. Yeah. Yeah. Nature Definitely. and God, I guess. Yeah. Uh, when did you watch Akira for the first time? Like, um, how old were you? I was in I was living in Boston at the time I'm trying to think back to that I was probably like 10 I think 10 oh wow 10 or 11 yeah it's and you young. just watched it perfectly it did not traumatize you or anything um I think I was you know so I if I if I give you a better picture here I, I mean I had there was the Batman animated series was like kind of a show that I was really obsessed with and loved mm-hmm. um and then there was like normal cartoons. This is the first time I had ever seen anything like it. So my brain was just firing on all signals. I didn't know what it was about at the time, but mm-hmm. I eventually kind of, you know, evolved into it. But I think my first pass of watching it, I was more or less just completely blown away and really just, I just loved it. I, I think I mm-hmm. was just kind of, there's moments in your life where you go, you see something, you go like, wow, I really want to do that. Or I want to be a part of that. Or I want to make work at that level. And that was one of those things. How, mm-hmm. how about you? How about, how old were you? I was, uh, 15 or something. And then I was so traumatized. by it. Really? What <laughs> yeah. Was the I watched it only once, uh, all the transformation in, in, into a bear and then all the kids, that look old <laughs> i barely remember the plot of akira oh you've like, never seen it again yeah only once whoa weird. i was traumatized yeah, yeah and then i just watched it snippets. yeah well, yeah it's not Miyazaki, it again, so yeah 
yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I'm kind of traumatized after watching Miyazaki's as well. Hmm. I I just get so sad when yeah. the anime finishes. It's like you get transferred into this beautiful imaginary world, and then you walk outside, and then you have this like Soviet architecture. Everything is gray. <laughs> I was so depressed. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, I could, I, yeah. I could see that being sad because I know Miyazaki's big on like. That's kind of his agenda too. Is just like showing people how sad things are, <laughs> you know. Not yeah, that's, like, that's exactly. not his direct thing, but it's kind of like that, you know. So yeah. yeah. Well, he has like sort of a, I don't know how to call it. He have you seen this in a documentary yes, where, where he trashes everything? Yes. <laughs> yeah, I love it. And I like, think it's perfect. Hates, like technology, yeah. all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense because I think. Um, deep down i think he's just a loving child and mm-hmm. he's basically like a child i think so i think his whole uh i think his outlook on life is is pretty connected to me personally it's like mm-hmm. it's like a duality is always a constant duality but he swings really hard one way or the other mm-hmm. uh, every day so um yeah the kingdoms of dreams and madness i think it's called yeah it's a great oh, country though oh wait it's that one yeah i just watched the i don't remember the the name of the documentary. I think there's only one. Is there another one? I think I watched something. Oh wait, I just watched behind the behind the scenes. Oh okay, yeah. Yeah, I I think he just loves nature so much. Yes. And he kind of shows it like by uh, trashing the modern world. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. especially in Japan, Japanese culture is pretty. Oh yeah, pretty it's so urbanized. Yeah, but I think um, I'm, I'm. I was talking with my wife tonight. I was thinking. I was saying there's a there's a lot of sad things that are happening because of the coronavirus. But on the positive mm-hmm. side, I, I see a lot of positives personally. Um, when one of them is is people's um, people are holding back from you know like they're not impeding on nature so much, so that nature is kind of thriving. <laughs> which is yeah. awesome, which is really good. So, um, yeah, the Venetian can- canals and the rivers are clean. Dolphins are swimming there. Yeah. I saw that. It was awesome. Yeah. Super cool. Um, there's quite a few things. It's also kind of interesting to see how many people have to work from home. And this is something I've been doing for so long now. And so when people are like freaking out, I'm like, Oh, that's weird. I, <laughs> I forgot that people actually have to go to these commute, these buildings where they all congregate and they do meetings and stuff so um it makes sense it's not like i forgot that completely it was just like oh yeah like people aren't used to this you know so yeah um, people will finally realize how hard it's to be a freelancer (laughs) where you have to self-discipline have you been you're freelancing right is that yeah yeah, i'm freelancing yeah actually kind of hate working from home yeah have you worked at a studio before uh no 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 I just work at coffee shops. <laughs> oh interesting. You go to yeah, a coffee I need shop place and work. To leave. Yeah yeah yeah. I ask them if if it's okay for me to work and then I just find somewhere uh some place in the corner mm-hmm. and work there. I work in coffee shops and libraries. Interesting. Well libraries are really cool, but you can't do that yeah. now. So what do you do? You stay at home. Yeah, I stay at home. I'm like, <laughs> but you don't like it because you don't like your like space or what? Yeah, I don't like the space and I also need, um, I think it's happened because like in China, I lived in dormitory and then it was so small that you had to share the, like all your activities share the same space. Mm. Uh, so you don't have the turn off mode, like you work there and then you 
exercise at the same place and then that's your leisure place and it's it's i don't like i don't like it yeah i, can I need see. to i need some place to work yeah yeah you go there you you go into work mode you work there you go home and then you rest yeah yeah <laughs> yeah I, I have i've been i've been working from home for so long i, I don't even know what that would feel like it probably feel weird well i know when i go into meetings or places i'm like okay i gotta get out of here i want to go home you know so because i mean i i live to work i work to live and like work is my life and i just i mean i'm okay with that it's just, it's mm-hmm. i think some people they don't like to work so much or they don't they like you're mentioning like a divide you know I, I actually, it's weird. I've been working so much now with the coronavirus too. And like my family's home more. So I'm like, oh, this is cool. I, like, I don't care. Just stay home and work. <laughs> <laughs> it's like never ending. I'm like learning yeah. and trying new things, but I can see that divide being efficient and important. Mm-hmm. Too. Yeah. Because, uh, I, I'm not going to get distracted when I'm in other place. Hmm. Really? I would feel like I'd be so distracted by people. So. Ah, uh, actually not. I feel like so sort of a social responsibility there. I'm like, oh, I need to work. Oh, interesting. Yeah. 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 When I'm at home, there's a bed bed near me, and <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you just have to yeah. have like mechanisms in 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 place, you know. So. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I put timers. Uh, I put like podcasts, audiobooks. Uh, I work in intervals. Hmm. Yeah, I have an app on my phone. It's called Forest. You you put the timer in, and then if you're if you don't get distracted, the, there's like a little tree that is planted, and then you can see how many trees you have, you have planted. Oh, that's cool. It's kind of clever. Yeah, yeah. So you can kind of yeah. grow a little forest of yep. uh, productivity. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Production production forest. That's nice. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was going to ask you what your so I mean because your your routine has changed and everybody's routine as of now has changed because of the coronavirus, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but what is, so your normal routine outside of the pandemic, I guess, is going to be, you get up and then you go to the shop, coffee shop or, uh, yeah, I do that. Uh, sometimes I don't want to, don't want to go to the coffee shop because uh, the weather in St. Petersburg is not that great. It's always like raining, dark outside. Mm. And so, yeah, sometimes I, it's usually like three days or four days a week I'm at home or, and three days or four weeks I'm in the library or a coffee shop. Yeah, the so, weather yeah. out there. St. Petersburg um, is like the second most famous city, I think, in Russia, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Moscow. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yep. Yeah, and I heard it's a like a really beautiful city, though, picturesque. Oh yeah, it's yeah, it's very picturesque. Uh, the center part of the city is also very picturesque, very beautiful. Hmm. It's basically like a U- European city yeah. in the center. Yeah, go to outskirts and becomes like oh, this Soviet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what I've heard too. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm so used to these like Soviet buildings where it's like gray boxes with tons of windows. Yeah, I like it kind of because it's so different from me. But I think if you grew up there, I guess if it or if it doesn't something you like and you you really don't desire it. But I found it quite mm-hmm. fascinating when I visited Moscow. I was like, wow, it's so cool. All I wanted to do is see that. I thought there was gonna be a lot more. <laughs> I think a lot of it was taken down. Moscow yeah. is changing, obviously, as a city. So, I mean, cities are always constantly evolving. It was really mm-hmm. weird. There was like no walking areas, and there was just streets everywhere, like with roads. And there was like f- so many cars everywhere. That was pretty crazy. Oh yeah, Moscow is kind of uh, famous for being very 
pedestrian host, hostile to pedestrians yeah. very like car oriented <laughs> yeah yeah that was pretty interesting but america is has same kind of problems too oh yeah it's yeah, like yeah. a car culture company or mm-hmm. uh, country but and, especially and, in the west right yeah like la all those yeah 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 it's like if you don't have a car it's kind of yeah you're screwed basically so, <laughs> which is obviously kind of um alien to a lot of people mm-hmm. naturally so because what's the point you know but um yeah why why are you out of all, all the places why are you out there is it family or familiarity or what brought you back to or over to st petersburg well, that was the, uh, when I finished university, I got back to my country and then for my aunt's birthday, we visited St. Petersburg and I actually like, quite like it because there are a lot of museums and, uh, yeah, it's kind of like a, it's a very beautiful place and you get inspired very easily here. And, uh, also I wanted to do some, uh, some work with, uh, metal smithing it's basically turning your sculptures into physical ones yeah and i wanted to learn how to cast how to do patinas how to do basically all the metal work so i'm studying at uh stieglitz academy i don't know how to say it in english yeah Mm, okay and yeah it's like uh, evening courses there and yeah uh, i'm doing that so a bit of a bit of jewelry work and a little bit of a, like casting in metal and in, in bronze. That's so cool. Is this the first time you've worked in that kind of medium? Uh, yeah, that's the first time. We don't do it as much. I'm kind of uh, disappointed in that uh, facility sure. as well. Yeah, because they um, they have their own ways of teaching, and I feel like I wanted to. Uh, I f- I feel like they're trying to remake me as an artist and all I wanted to is to come here and then learn how to make my own sculptures <laughs> in f- physically but yeah they want to remake me. Mm, that's weird. Yeah 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 I'm I'm resisting <laughs> very hard. <laughs> yeah, sometimes as an artist it's like you're it's that's one question I always ask myself like am I being too stubborn right now? Am I resisting wanting to grow and learn, yeah. you know, and then I feel really bad because I'm not like allowing growth to happen. Yeah. And then it's, it's a kind of becomes this, um, the cycle or, uh, I'm being resistance or stubborn, but I will say that I think sometimes our art is, is as great as we'll, we are willing to let it be, but it's also so important for us to have our own voice, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, and, and when I look at your work, I see a lot of, unique style to yourself you know like um like um well i guess it's the art that you show publicly it sounds like you have a huge body of work but the work that i see publicly like on your instagram or your art station which i i imagine is probably just a a portion of your work right yeah yeah, yeah. so that work that you share is very um kind of personable and unique it's really weird that you find akira to be a a frightening film whereas a lot of the things that you, I see you making are way more <laughs> frightening than anything in it. So yeah, that's just kind of ironic, but yeah. Um yeah, it's 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 I'm I'm really curious to see the rest of your work too. So yeah, and and to and I could see the desire. I would I would imagine your work would translate well so well to metals too. It seems like you're kind of longing for that too with your work oh yeah yeah 
Yeah, my my shader setup is basically like a metal and then paint on top and then I chip away the edges. <laughs> That's all I do. <laughs> yeah, because it looks like um, the work, like the 3D work I see, it's, it's um, I'm just guessing, but it looks like you ZBrush and you build everything from like a Z-Sphere probably? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because it looks like whenever I used ZBrush, it's like to get the way that you work is you start with nothing and then you build and you keep building mm-hmm. and building and building. Um, and then I think you said you use KeyShot in one of your things. Uh, KeyShot, I used it before, but now I use uh, Blender for rendering. Hmm, okay. Is it Eve? Is that what it's called? Uh, no, I use Cycles. It's just cycles, path tracing. Yeah, 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 yeah. And how do you like that? Uh, well, I don't really need like realism as long as it looks metal. It's plus cycles is very good, so I use that, and uh, I use it. I don't know. I use it once every two or three weeks, so Blender is free. That's why I chose it. Plus, it's very easy to set up the shaders. Hmm. Like I don't need to connect like base color and then roughness, metalness. I just press Control Shift T. <laughs> select all my base uh, all the textures and it set up the node notes by itself that's awesome yeah yeah, yeah. You, don't, you don't you just want to get through it you know like you don't want to have to worry about shaders and all that kind of stuff yeah and plus like i use substance painter for texturing and the only reason i chose that because i wanted to paint on the model mm. and with keyshot i need to render passes and then compile them in photoshop yeah so when i saw your work i was like "Mm, i want to get this and render it (laughs) when we were uh when francois and i were making this thing called passage Uh, i uh, watched it okay yeah (laughs) thank you we uh i your work was a big inspiration for us when we were making some of the things yeah so there you go man it's a complete circle yeah oh no way so you got me inspired to go back into zbrush which was like frustrating for me but yeah (laughs) really zbrush was frustrating yeah i think because my biggest problem is i started with photoshop and then i started with traditional 3d programs and so oh yeah i had all that old language in my head and so by the time i went to work and zbrush it nothing made sense (laughs) I, i start to know i start to understand it a lot more now when i use it and it's totally fine it's just it's always like something's hidden and um I never went into it as far as you did, obviously, and kind of dedicated a big part of my life to it because it seems like mm-hmm. you've you've invested years into it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Three three years ago, I think I started. Oh, that's not too bad then. Three D, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Three years, three D, huh? Okay, that's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. All Thank things you. considered, what's your like end goal with three D? Um, do you have one in mind? Do you have like a big idea, a big project you want to do, or something there? Uh, I always thought about it, like since I started out. I think my goals before were sort of a little fake because before I wanted to do my own manga and then so that and then, like, or a comic book, or build some IP or universe, and then other people would discover it, and then all the studios will discover me, and then make a movie or something like that. And these goals are were always relying on someone else doing the final work. And right now I wanted to do something small and for myself and sculpture is probably would be the end goal. Um, before, uh, prior to like this summer I had, I, my goal was to, uh, do my work and then 3d print it and then do the metal version of it. 
Right now, uh, I bought 3D printer. I, I had I've seen my work adapted into metal, and uh, I also print my own statues. I I cast in bronze, and I don't like. I don't know it feels weird uh, when I my renders feel more real to me than the 3D printed stuff that I do. <laughs> yeah, that's weird. Is it the resolution <laughs> yeah, or what is it? Uh, it's size. Hmm. Yeah. Like you want a painting, but you get a sticker instead. Yes, <laughs> like, that's a problem. Yeah, that's a problem. Plus, like after doing traditional, uh, I want to find this zone when I'm happy because uh, I think when doing work, I rarely find myself enjoying the actual process. And when I do traditional, I don't enjoy the result, but I enjoy, I enjoy the process. And I want to find the middle ground when I, where I would be happy doing it and then I would be happy with the result. So maybe combining the 3D and traditional sculpture would be the way. And only recently, I, um, my girlfriend bought me an anatomy course in the local sculpture studio and then I started doing some traditional sculpture and that seems that seems fun. So maybe... Maybe traditional sculpture that would be the way, but I don't know. Maybe if I try traditional sculpture, I'd be disappointed as well. Sure. So yeah, yeah I don't know yet. But the on the positive side, uh, when I was doing my work, I was also thinking about three D, uh, thinking about printing. So how it would be printed. Everything has a base, and I was thinking about how it would how it would be standing. I tried to avoid uh, thin thin shapes, mm-hmm. so they would be printed. But now, since I'm not very interested in 3D printing, uh, maybe I'll get freer with my 3D work. Hmm. Yeah, because I think some some of the there's a beauty to the constraints of the real world, but at the same time, there's a hindrance to it. You know. And yeah. The beautiful thing about 3D is that it doesn't take up space, but the problem is it is it doesn't take up space, you know? So it's like this, uh, you know, double-edged problem, you know? So, but, um, yeah, I was trying to think, um, yeah, 3d printing is quite interesting. Uh, yeah. Like, uh, with, with 3d printing and like you mentioned, the thing that does not exist. Sometimes I show my work, uh, if they, people ask me what I do, I show them Instagram feed or, or my art station. And it's kind of funny, like, it takes them they look for five seconds at each piece that i did and i spend i don't know three to two three weeks or a month on it and it's like five <laughs> seconds and it's it's gone <laughs> and that's why you have I to do a, it for yourself yeah 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 yeah. yeah. and then i did a, a painting in university like acrylic painting i think it was around five feet wide and People were staring at it like for five minutes or something. They were discussing it. They shared it with their friends, and it was it was weird because I did not like the result at all. Interesting. What does that tell yeah. you about your your work? Because that's interesting. I think it's just traditional. Is it because people, the general population, perceive art as a certain thing, something like that, where it's like, oh, you're an artist, okay, you you're you draw or you're a painter, right? people aren't yeah. really familiar with this newer kind of version of what art is, I guess, and considering yeah. the 3d aspect of it. 
Yeah. Yeah, it's so hard to explain what I do. It's like <laughs> I sculpt, but it's in on the computer, <laughs> and I have a pen in my hand. <laughs> but I never touched clay before. So. <laughs> yeah, it is weird. Yeah. yeah, I could see people getting kind of confused by that for sure. Yeah, because it is such a new thing. Yeah. And so when it's you explain that weird. to people, yeah, I can see them. Uh, how about your family? They understand it. Oh yeah, they they do, and yeah. they're supportive of it. So um, my da- my dad did art. My mom uh, she does art. So so they all get it and very supportive of me. That's good. Yeah. yeah. Is your your so your mom? She, what do you say? She was a fashion. Uh, she's a fashion designer. Yeah. Hmm. That's cool. Yeah. So she, yeah, she's she's very good. That's cool, and sh- I imagine her work. Yeah, the has weird an part they do you? not. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right now, uh, right now, especially because when I was a kid, I did not want to do art, mm-hmm. and um, they weren't you really do ac- architecture. Is that what you said? Architecture is also kind of. Um, I did not really want to do, but it was the only path because I was quite good at um, at school. Like my grades were fa- fairly good, mm-hmm. and I also liked art. And my parents were doing art, so the only path that they saw was combining those two like Mm -hmm. those like stem disciplines and uh and art and that's basically architecture interesting yeah do you have a plus do you like architecture at all now or no um i like looking at it but i would not want to do it (laughs) it's it's not very interesting to me no is there a certain like thing about it that doesn't interest you like a particular well i'm i'm very attracted to figurative things and architecture is so abstract but i like architecture the same way i like i love graphic design Mm. i don't understand it but i look at it a lot sure yeah it's just like forms and languages and all. yeah 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 Yeah, exactly yeah it's just another language i guess yeah Mm -hmm. yeah so with your so your average day your your you get to you spend some time at home and then you spend some time out in a coffee shop and so you're, but you're using, um, I imagine like some sort of like Wacom thing, like uh, a yeah, small yeah, one or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah I use uh, I use Intuos. Uh, I use Intuos on uh, and notebook, and at home I use Cintiq, small one. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. and my computer is not powerful at all, so. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's gotta be difficult. Yeah, I just, it's okay actually. It's the 16 gigs of RAM. Yeah. One GPU. <laughs> there it goes. It can handle all of the the the. I mean, I guess you do quite a bit of stuff in uh, ZBrush because ZBrush, I think, can be pretty memory uh, intensive, right? If you get up. High. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, but one if you're smart with the zero measure and subdivision levels, I think that's it true. can handle a lot. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Is there um when you're working? Because I have this mm-hmm. thing too. Sometimes when you're working, is there something you're like, man, I really, really wish I had this tool or I had this thing that would help me get here faster? Is there something that you can think of, or are all your tools like? Do you feel like they're pretty optimized to to do what you need them to do? Um, I think tools are fairly optimized. I think I wanted to have more fundamental knowledge, so I would know. I would love to know anatomy better. Oh, actually, no. I want to have a um, better retopology, like uh, automatic one, because I only use zero measure. Mm-hmm. So if I, I, w- I could have a 
like auto retopology. I would have I would want to have rigging. Like, or I would love to understand it better. Like a dynamic rig, because I see that you. I'm yeah. only imagining that you, because usually what you do is you'd model and T-pose and then you'd pose it and stuff, but that that never really appealed to me when I had sculpt. I'd, I just wanted to make the original form. Yeah. Do, do you work in T-form and then pose? Is that how you work? Um, it's, um, I don't know. Sometimes it's different because I try to pose it closer to the final pose. Mm-hmm. Because um, when I sculpt, I, um, they don't have like soft forms. It's not human bodies. It's like carapace kind of texture. Mm-hmm. And when I bend it, I break all the details because those those forms are not, are not functional at all. <laughs> so, yeah. 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 So I have to put it like somewhat close to the final pose for it to work or yeah, I, I have sense. to re-sculpt everything. Yeah. That was one of my big problems when I was working. I was like, oh man, like I have to figure out a new way to kind of work almost and it was a hindrance for me because i was like i just want to make it as i see it in my head and then it took so long i would have to go t-pose and that's weird and then before you knew it you were so disconnected from the original thought you know to yeah. get where you want it so um it's amazing yeah. tools they, they're just getting better hopefully mm-hmm. you know so which is great but i have ways around it if you have troubles with t-pose there's a called there's a button merge visible Mm-hmm. And it creates a different subtool, and then you do a Dynamesh version, like very low res version of it, and it's all blobby. But you pose it very early on. That's cool. And then you go back to your original one, and then you sculpt it, and then you do like this rough pose again, and all constantly recheck. You can also do a screenshot and then paint it over in Photoshop. Hmm. That's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's nice. And yeah, there's got to be tools, I imagine. So. Mm-hmm. But- have you played in um, something a lot of my friends do a lot now, at least more more and more nowadays? But have you had a chance to play with the VR sketching? Oh, I want to. I want to buy it, but yeah, I haven't bought it yet. Yeah, it seems really interesting, like very promising. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been wanting to try it out, but it seems like it's just another thing to learn, which is always like, ah, damn it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I think they have a very easy softwares there because it's sort of aimed at mass market VR. Yeah. 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 So they have very simple tools there. I'd imagine it would be easier to do gestural stuff since you are moving in three axes. So you don't have to like rotate your viewport constantly. Yeah. You just move your arm diagonally and that's what you ha- what you get. And what, what do you want to do in VR? Uh, I just want to be able to like model and build things at real time as I do now. <laughs> <laughs> but but without a monitor so i want to just kind of be able to be in like sit on a t- chair and like kind of be in that reality because uh, i really want to make like these feelings or these weird things that i have in my head i want to give them to people like oh look at this isn't this weird and then people go what the hell or like that's really interesting because mm-hmm. as of as of now we're just doing little fragments you know i think the art mm-hmm. of the future is going to be more or less sharing experiences more than mm-hmm. this is a painting because like i think the way of transmission for the painting was just uh, I'm an artist and then I have this idea and then I paint it. And then, you know, in the beginning it was like everything was for the church and then it became for, you know, rich people. And then it became the personal, like right now we're in the ego sphere, basically in my opinion, like mm-hmm. where everybody's just painting for themselves because they want to, because there, oh, there's yeah. an infinite <laughs> amount of tools and, and people have resources to be able to do crazy things. Um, but I think the, the future in my opinion is to share, 
um, unique experiences and, and using the tools to do so is really where I think, um, where that, that's going to lie personally. So, which is what I'm really interested in. Yeah. I, I, Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, I definitely agree. Yeah, I, I agree. We, we're going to have this like in future, we're going to have so much art. It would be impossible to consume it all. And I guess we're just we will just have to find like people that we connect with. Yeah. And it would be cool, cool way to connect with people, because um, I think when we are attracted to the same kind of imagery, there is an underlying thing that is similar to both people since they're attracted to same stuff and it's also a cool way to connect because like you know when you find people who like the same music the same imagery as you you kind of know them yeah and i think uh yeah in this like technological world where we're so disconnected from each other the art would be a great way to connect again i think you kind of see it too nowadays too where you have people that are connecting over television shows and stuff in some ways those are that's uh, another form of art too I just I think mm-hmm. that the real trick is getting it so that people like myself and yourself we can create the art instantaneous or very fast, you know? So mm-hmm. it's like rapidly created. So it's not like, oh, I got to sit and wait for like hours for the render. It's like, no, you're doing it real in real time, you know? Um mm-hmm. and that real time nature is really where you're able to go like, oh, this is a feeling I had and like look at this and then people can go like, well, that's really weird or just sharing these um, elements of your life, basically, you know, which I think are yeah. unique, or your or your viewpoint on something, you know, so which I think is really cool too. So, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I think that's for me. That's at least that's kind of I know that's a big odd goal to have, but at the end of the day, all of this is to me is just exchanging your ideas. You know, you're just sharing your love of things. You know, whether it's sculpting abstract um, things or you're drawing a landscape or you're doing these big, beautiful paintings that this one dude, you, you showed me this, uh, Ron. Oh, Ron Jett. Yeah. Yeah. His work's so cool. But yeah, imagine being cool. in his like world, you know, like that'd be interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's kind of something. Yeah, exactly. In. Yeah. But yeah. Um, so you mentioned watching Miyazaki films and stuff. How much of your time is spent kind of being uh exposed or influenced by the the work of others uh i i watch i don't often watch things so for some reason uh because the only the only time that i have to relax is uh in the night because i i work i don't know pretty late and uh, if I watch a movie or something, there is not going to be a, a reset for me. It would be hard for me to go to sleep after a movie. Mm. And so uh, I read books before I go to sleep. So that's my kind of main entertainment. And as far as being exposed to others, then, yeah, it's like Miyazaki. Uh, I look at a lot of sculpture from the past, like uh, Art Nouveau movement, uh like new sculpture movement of Victorian era. Uh, I love watching those. Uh, Pre-Raphael, I don't know how to read, say it. Pre-Raphaelites, Raphaelites. You know the John William Waterhouse? No, I don't. I'm so uh, I think, just reconnected for so much, so many things, I think. Shame on me. <laughs> no, it's okay. Uh, you had a photographer, Zhang, Zhang Jingna. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Like she Zhang. had a course. Yeah, yeah. Uh, her work 
looks quite a lot like uh, John William Waterhouse paintings. Oh, okay. So this one's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I like looking at that stuff. Uh, my oh, entertainment yeah, is basically putting your podcast and then just go on Pinterest and <laughs> watch <laughs> images. Interesting. <laughs> and you have a, you're also a metalhead too, which I found was really funny. So that's cool. Yes. It's pretty rare, I think. Is it rare? I feel like so many artists are into like EDM or something. Nothing against it. I just feel like it's, I guess I'm, I could be wrong though. I guess more and more artists of, as, as I'm discovering are metalheads. What I, what I mean by metalheads is people that like heavy metal music. So, um, yeah, I like a lot of different types of music, but I, it's interesting because I've been finding there's a lot of, um, artists out there that like metal music, which is cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. I sent you like yeah. a sugar track or something randomly. I don't know why I sent yeah. it to you. Yeah. <laughs> 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 or something i can't remember yeah, uh, something yeah it was michelle good De- demurge yeah demurge uh-huh. yeah demurge yeah yeah that track yeah yeah i, I love this track yeah so good. listen to it every day <laughs> yeah so good yeah you're a metalhead then yeah so i listen to michelle okay yeah 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 um when i was little my mom bought me a, a cd of limbiscuit oh yeah i don't know it's not metal but I guess yeah, it is yeah. kind of. It has because, like, yeah. Yeah. The, um, because uh, I'm not a native speaker, so we don't have these restrictions. Like little kids listen to gangster rap because they don't understand the lyrics. <laughs> they just like the musical side of it. Sure. And yeah, this was me with metal. And then Linkin Park and then Korn, then Slipknot in like middle school. Sure. And then later in high school, stuff like. Bring me the horizon, all shall perish, like these 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 kinds. And then recently, uh, a lot of prog- progressive metal, so Meshuga, Animals as Leaders, hmm. Tesseract, this kind of stuff, and, and post rock as well. So that is always that is always on. I want to get Tosin on the podcast. I was talking with him like on Instagram. I was in Japan randomly, and he was there too. They were doing a show mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, I want to meet up with you. I was kind of busy. We we're both kind of busy. But Tosin is, Abasi is the guitarist oh, from Animals yeah, as, as Leaders. Yeah. yeah he's yeah. really he's such a talented guy, man. So good. Oh my God. He's yeah. crazy. Yeah. yeah he's, <laughs> he's like a mega lord. Um, yeah, su- yeah. Super nice guy, too. Like, really sweet guy. Um, but yeah, yeah, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of interesting, there's um, progressive rock is like so interesting now, too. Um, but mm-hmm. I was also showing you Norma Jean, which is like one of my favorites too. So <laughs> yes, I love I the reaction so of people's faces when I put on like heavy music <laughs> and they don't, yes. they're not ready for it. It's my, it's like yes. probably my favorite thing to do. Yeah. I love it too. <laughs> yeah. It's like this like look of confusion and then they don't and know what sorrow to think about. And they're like, they're yes. angry too. I love it. Yes, it makes me so happy. I love happy. it too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's such How a messed up thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My wife is always like, "What in the <laughs> hell?" Like, because some days, like when I really need to get something done, is I don't drink coffee and stuff. I'll just put on like, I'm like, "Okay, today's a heavy day. Here we go." And then um, my wife will come in randomly, and then I'll just be like, "Dun dun 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 dun." I, I don't. It's in my headphones, <laughs> but she's like, "What is going on over here?" You know. I'm like, ah. And I'm like, "Hey, check it out. It's awesome." And she's like, "I put the headphones on." And she looks at me like, "What? You're a serial killer?" You know, like this. Is- <laughs> This is wrong. Like humans shouldn't listen to this, you know. So, yeah. which I love. Yeah, it. there's Mishuga playing bleed like. Brr, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
there's something about like I don't know there's something for me at least there's something about um that energy uh that they like give me to I like to have a variety though when I work because I think you're probably similar now that I know that it's like music yep. is is such a important part of like oh, my yeah. creative experience so mm-hmm. like, and and having a variation like I'll go from listening to Vivaldi to like Meshuggah or something like quickly I'm like oh okay cool like I'm feeling this way and now I want to listen to this or um, progressive weird stuff you know so um yeah, there, same is there you showed me car bomb which is that was pretty crazy I was like wow I haven't heard this before but I'm so particular about yeah. hardcore so I usually just kind of don't listen to a lot of it until like I find something I really like. And then I just listen to that only. So yeah, cause I'm kind of close minded with my metal music, I guess. So, oh, same, same, same. Yeah. It's like when people recommend me and they like it a lot, I'm like, eh, not going to listen to it. Yeah, that's the same. And I, 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 <laughs> I felt bad cause you told me like, Oh, check this out. And I was like, ah, I'm just going to be straight with you. Like I usually don't ever listen to what other people show me. So when I listened to it, I was like, oh, okay, cool. This is, uh, this is crazy. And I shared it with my buddy, Nate. He's huge, uh, hardcore guy. Um, and he was like, oh yeah, those guys are heavy. I was like, oh, cool. <laughs> no, yeah. But, um, yeah, it's music is so, so important. Um, yeah, I think it inspires me more than art actually. Yeah. I'd say so too. If I really think about it, like how important and influential art is to me or music is to me because I'm constantly listening to it when I'm, when I'm working, um, Mm -hmm. and the importance of it. Yeah. I think it's because, um, when I look at images, I have to put effort to put like the sound in there or imagine, uh, a story of it or what's, what's around the edges of the painting or, or image. And with music, you just turn it on and then you have the images floating into your head automatically. <laughs> yeah, it just kind of hits yeah. you. Do you like yeah. things that are, do you, I mean, obviously, I imagine you probably don't only listen to metal, but. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Is there other, like, I listen to a lot of scores, like to music oh, movies yes. and stuff. Is Do you do the same? Yes, I do the same. I love uh, the Fountain mm. score from it, Clint, yeah. Clint Mansell's. It's a beautiful uh, score. Yeah, all the all of four Arnold, Max Richter. Yeah, his Vivaldi. Yeah. His Vivaldi is so good. His Four Seasons. Yeah, re- yeah so minimal. Yeah. He's the only one that can actually touch Vivaldi, I think, contemporary guy. Mm-hmm. My wife got us. Yeah, because um, with classical music, like. Oh, Vivaldi's, sorry, sorry. No, 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 go ahead. Vivaldi is so special, mm-hmm. though. You know, it's like untouchable. Yeah, you. <laughs> I get overwhelmed sometimes with classical music. Yeah. It's like so much stuff and then Oliver made it listenable. <laughs> oh yeah, you mean Max Richter did? Yeah. Oh yeah, Max Richter. Yeah. I th- yeah, he did. I think I feel like he contemporary he contemporary he made it very contemporary and he's kind of distilled yeah. the right pieces really well um and made it more mm-hmm. approachable. I feel like with the classical music I love it so much but usually I get kind of confused because I'm like okay, well, I want to listen to cl- classical music. So all I do is I just type in like Johann Sebastian Bach and then, and then takes me on it. But there's so many other artists, I'm sure. But I, and then another thing is all their mm-hmm. songs are like, they're these long, like, <laughs> I'm not going to remember the name of this thing. It was like, yeah. you know, <laughs> in D minor, 13th chord, 13th, yes. I'm, like, I'm like, I'm not, I'll never remember that, you know? So, yeah. which is ironic because you would think that it would make it simpler, simpler, but 
Um, but yeah, I, I really love good classical music though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Classical music gets you right in that space. Is there, um, I know you mentioned, um, like, uh, Max and those guys. Is there another band or like a consp- composer that you like? Um, let me, let me check it. Mm. I love, um, what's his name? He did, uh, he did a sound, uh, not a soundtrack. There is a song in Tree of Life, the Tree of Life, uh, singing core. Uh, I don't remember his his name. I can't remember because it's been such a long time since I've seen that film. No, I, I listen to it almost every day, and I cannot find it now on my computer. You sound like you're a creature. Jo- John Tavener. No, I never. Yeah, heard John Tavener. Maybe I've heard it, but yeah, I don't yeah. remember. No, you definitely heard it. Yeah. Yeah. In in Tree of Life, yeah. Yeah, John Tavner, I like. Uh, Jan Tiersen, he did a soundtrack to Emily. Mm, this yeah. uh, French movie. Yeah, that's a beautiful uh, film. Oh, yeah. Uh, Philip Glass also. Do yeah. you know him? Mm-hmm, yeah. Of course. Philip Glass is amazing. Yeah, I yeah. love him. It's like his music is in uh, Kiana Scotzi, I think. And then. Yes, yes. It's like. He just goes crazy. Yeah, 30 minutes of just. Yeah, but there's something about it, the rhythm, the rhythmic feeling that he gives you in his music um, and the repetitive nature is so, so cool. Yeah, um, very entrancing. Yeah. yeah. Have you seen the film uh, uh, Under the Skin? Uh, with uh, Scarlett mm-hmm. Johansson? Yeah. Uh, no, I've never seen it. I, I should I should watch it. <laughs> that Well, it's it's really interesting film, but there's a composer. I'm trying to think of her. She has a unique name. Let me just look it up now. But she, her music is really um, there. She did a she composed this movie called Jackie. Oh, so no, good. No, see. Um, Jackie movie. Interesting. Yeah, her so. name is. Let's see. Oh man. Let's see. I think here. Uh, Mika Levy. That's her name. It's so good here. I'll just send you the picture or the the link to it. But yeah, her stuff is really cool. Definitely going to listen to it. Yeah, I think you really like it. Check out the rest of her work. It's kind of like, she's kind of like Johnny Greenwood, which is the guitarist from Radiohead when he went off and Mm -hmm. made like scores for movies that Mm -hmm. are like very unique and special. Mm -hmm. And it has like a lot of feeling to him too, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. It gives my mind like this really interesting like uh, narrative space to like play in. So when I'm when I'm creating things, I'm like, wow, this is crazy. There's so much depth and weird oddities to it. So, mm-hmm. but yeah. Oh, thanks for the recommendation. Yeah, of course. I, I'm looking at the. It's Natalie Portman in the. Yeah, so Natalie Portman's in the movie, but Mika Levy is the composer for that. Yeah, I just remembered Annihilation. Yes. By look, and it has great soundtrack. It does. It has um the end track is amazing. Yes. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I remember so watching weird. that in a the theater story. with my wife, and like I was like, "Oh fuck, he's using that yeah. track." Oh wow! Because <laughs> I've heard that track before that film. I think oh, somehow really? I, I can't think. I maybe I would listen to the score before I watched the movie because I was too ex- excited for it. Mm-hmm. And then um, that was a really interesting film. I think a lot of yeah, people I hated it. it. So I, I was like. For me, it's like um, films aren't designed to solve world peace, you know? It's like <laughs> yeah. some some films are great and some are just, they're meant to kind of make you feel a weird way and that's it. 
Yes, the same as book. It's like when you look at the movie, the memory of a movie is the same as a memory of a dream, yes. for me at least. Yes. Yeah, the same with book. Yeah. Yeah, it's um yeah, and I think that like it's not it, for me I just uh, for me at least I try to um adjust my expectations the older I get when it comes towards uh, analyzing or experiencing other people's art, you know. I just go like, "Oh, okay." Mm-hmm. Like, I used to be so aggressive with my opinion. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't do anybody <laughs> any good. So who cares, you know? So it's like just have fun with yeah, it. Yeah, so, yeah. Um there's Plus, also, there's also always a way to find a, a part of, of the thing that you can like. Yeah, almost always. Yeah. And usually... Or like learn, yeah. Usually you can fall in love with... Um, you can fall in love with something later on in your life because you evolved into a different person, you know? So Yeah. And your tastes change. I remember the first time I ever heard like... When the first time I heard Tool, I was like, what is this? Because it... Re- <gasps> It was, it reminded me because at that time there was all these other bands that were kind of like, um, kind of similar sounding to me at that time there was, but they were like <laughs> shitty cheese bands, you know? And I was like, what is this, this puddle of mud or something like Nickelback or I was just making fun, you know, but my roommate, when I was growing up, my roommates, uh, lived in my grandfather's other house and all my roommates were these men who were alcoholics that were alcoholics anonymous. So they were oh. in recovery. So one of my, mm-hmm. one of my roommates, he was, uh, telling me like, oh yeah, I check out this band. And then he eventually, she showed me undertow. This is back in undertow and stink fist and stuff. And he was explaining the, why this was so special. And I was like, wow, interesting. And so tool has very fanatical fans. And so, mm-hmm. and I, I got into it and I was like, oh my God. And didn't look back and I fell into the tool pit of, of, of madness. Yeah. I love yeah. tool. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think, um, yeah, Tool is a very special band. Uh, do you, have you listened to their latest work? Uh, yeah, I listened to it a couple of times. Yeah. Yeah, same. Uh, it didn't. I need to let it sink in. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think, I think I almost. It's not that I outgrew them. I just, I almost. That it's been so long since their last album. I, I have so much appreciation for them as musicians, and I love when artists take the time that they need to make their work. You know. Um, mm. It's just that it took so long that the person I was when their last album came was so different from the person I am now. So my ear and my tone and my desire for sound is so different since then. So it's like mm. all my old tool that I loved was all based on memories. And the new new tool is like, I don't have memories for it. So I'm kind of like trying to figure out, do I want to listen to it? And now nowadays there's almost too much music to listen to that I can't, oh. I'm almost like, okay, I'd rather listen to this. And then I just switch it to something else, you know? So it's, <laughs> it's sad. I almost don't even give it a chance. So, um, but I love that band. Yeah. With the last, amazing. yeah. With the last album, uh, I think the thing is that you listen to it all the time before the album, the new album came in, came out. And then it's kind of like, I, I think there's need, needs to be a pause for me. Because I knew like, oh, the new album is going to come out. So I started re-listening to everything. Oh, okay. <laughs> and yeah. it doesn't feel like new now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it is quite a departure from um, other things for them, in a sense. Mm-hmm. It's also still the same. So, mm-hmm. um, But I mean, they're different people. They're all like dads oh, yeah. now. And they're they're like, they've grown and matured and progressed, you know. So it's amazing that they do what they do anyway. So 
Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, and I yeah, it's it's. Uh, I was also going to suggest this. I was sending you a link to it as well. It's I really loved this film. It's called Nocturnal Animals, but the Nocturnal. Abel Abel Korzenowski. I I I don't know how to say her last name. I apologize. Uh-huh. Abel. Uh- Polish name probably. Yeah, probably. I, I think it's whiskey. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. but this composer is amazing, and this the score for this film is outstanding. Super good. Um, it's actually a really good movie too. I suggest watching it. It's kind of um, disturbing, weird, but definitely gonna do it. <laughs> Tom Ford uh, directed it, and so mm-hmm. yeah, and he's a he's a your mom's I'm sure familiar with him. So he's like a a big fashion <laughs> guy. Ah, so. uh, yeah, I heard the name. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, he's and he made a single man before this, which another film is really good. So I'm excited for whatever's to come from him. But yeah, maybe check out those two because those are really good. And also uh, the score to the enemy. Will. I don't know if you've seen Enemy. Nope. Those guys are amazing. Enemy score. Okay. Yeah, enemy OST. These guys. It was uh, two guys, Danny and Sonder. Mm-hmm. Here, this one. It's freaking crazy and weird and unique, but. Yeah, lots of narrative stuff to it, which I really love. Yeah. Oh, Danny Villeneuve. Yeah, it's uh, one of Danny's movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is there yeah, a I... film that you've watched recently, or um, something that you've inf- been influenced outside of like um, anime and stuff? Okay. Uh, what have I watched recently? <laughs> I watched uh, Mr. Robot, the final season. I watched Mandalorian. Well, basically what everybody watches. I watched, uh, I did not really watch many things recently. I just read, read books. Yeah. What books are you getting into? Uh, I'm reading Hyperion, Hyperion by Dan Simmons. Yeah. It's a like very famous sci-fi book. Yeah. I've heard of it. What's the premise of this? Uh, I'm reading it in Russian. So it's oh, okay. hard to tell. Dan yeah. There's Simmons, a, is, right? yeah, there are, uh, characters the the whole plot is connected with this like god shrike and then the, the story is told from a uh, different points of view mm. and it, like there are a bunch of people they're each telling their own story and each story is a different genre so Sounds it's like super a nerdy yeah a collection of stories <laughs> connected with one yeah it's 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 interesting though it's gets like, your imagination going yes uh that's why i love sci-fi yeah because like, you're sort of dreaming before you go to sleep and then you go to sleep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's so important. It's good that you read, though, because um, I feel like it stimulates a whole different part of your brain, a different cerebral pop bat passage almost, you know, because, mm-hmm. yeah. It makes me think a lot about, like, the future, though, um, because so much of our media is consumed in a different way, I feel like, um, mm-hmm. where less people read books. Um, or I don't know. I don't know if that's true, um, but it seems like it. Um, but I love what books do to my brain. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I love the fam- that it takes a long time to read them. So there's <laughs> a certain familiarity because the movies, it's like one and a half hours past. Yeah. And then it's finished, and then the next day, it's kind of hard for me to start a new movie or something like that. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Yeah, you have to like get into it <laughs> again. Yeah. It's like, oh, I need to remember all their names again. Yeah, you get more familiar. Because, I mean, it is true. Um, and I think that's why television shows are so prevalent. Yes. Because yes. we have a longer established relationship with these people. Mm-hmm. Therefore, we can care about them. And yeah, and the legacy. story arcs are way... Yes, yes, yes. They're more dynamic. Like, have you have you watched the Game of Thrones, for example? 
Uh, yeah, I liked it uh, till the season four. I think we all did. Yeah. Yeah, the later <laughs> it's a bit, a bit. <laughs> it just gets crazy. It it's like it just gets like out of control. Um, it just doesn't make sense. All the character, a lot of the character actions are like, what? This doesn't make sense. But not to yeah, say it isn't hard. amazing. But it's amazing. Yeah, it's, that they it is made amazing. It. Yeah. Yes, it is. But uh, I don't know. It's kind of. It's so sad that everybody did such an amazing job and then the story <laughs> it's like uh, kind of puts it to waste where yeah. you feel like all the arcs are denied and then yeah. you feel like slapped at the end <laughs> like, oh, did you watch it all the way to the end yeah i watched it till the end yeah that was brutal i was so like <laughs> my, my wife and i had watched it since the beginning she was the first to watch it I was like working at home and I think it was one week where HBO was free or something. And she was like watching mm-hmm. it and it was like, sound like she was watching porn. I was like, what are you watching? Man, it's crazy. <laughs> and then, uh, cause it was like, you know, it's a really heavy kind of crazy show. And, um, eventually we, I kind of caught up to her and we started watching it together. And then, so towards the end, it was so bad for me. I was like, this is upsetting me. Like I, I can't finish this, but my wife's like, we have to finish it, you know? So I was like, <laughs> ah, and uh yeah once we get to the end but man there was some there was still some really insanely beautiful amazing amazing moments but i it's to the point where it's it's almost the same way where you have such a long relationship with these people these characters that um you just kind of get emotionally attached to them and it's only natural to to get attached you know which is really cool so yeah. and when the when when the story um does them wrong or it's unjust you're just like what the hell like <laughs> yeah you know, exactly. it's frustrating but nothing against them it's amazing that they actually did it and we're lucky to have anything like that really if you think about it so oh yeah i i, I wish they killed more people me too end. i i yeah. feel like i feel like what really should have to happen was that basically the ice guy just came down and then just wiped everything out and then reset reset the cycle and then you mm-hmm. have like the ending of that whole thing is like the rebirth of the mankind basically, but mm-hmm. he basically wipes everything out. So it's like almost like a rebirth kind of a reset. Um, but it would just obviously didn't end that way. Spoiler alert didn't. So yeah. And there was, yeah, really it was a what, bit of a cheesy happy ending. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately. But yeah, the, when I read the, I read two of the books um, and the first mm-hmm. The first book is almost identical to the season one, which is amazing. Yes. It's so mm-hmm. good. Have you read the books too? Yeah. Uh, I was so disappointed in the ending. I had to reread all the books. <laughs> <laughs> just, to get your, just to clear it out. Yes. Yeah. 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 How would you have ended that though? It's so big, right? Because he hasn't finished yeah, it, right? He hasn't yeah, he hasn't it. finished it. But there are so many arcs there and removed characters. I feel like they would have a, they would play a major role in the ending of it. Yeah. So it would be hard, like without the Lady Stoneheart, uh, it would be kind of like, why, like what to do with her? Because you, you know Lady Stoneheart? No, I don't know. Is this, uh, she's in the show. Caitlin, I kind of, bl- I forgot the show a bit. Yeah, remember Caitlin Stark? She got her throat slashed. Yeah, yeah I remember that. Yeah, the the mother of uh, uh, Rob Stark. So in the in the books, she, she got, she became sort of a, I don't know, like an undead thing. Oh, she okay. got resurrected by the Fire Lord or something like that. Ah, uh, yes, the Red Lady, the Red Dress Lady. No, no, no. Yeah, no. The, the Lady Stoneheart is the undead version of Lady Stone, Lady like Caitlin Stark. Okay, gotcha. 
Okay. This yeah, is one yeah, that, yeah. That's, that character's not in the show, though, right? Yeah, it's, she's uh, not in the show. In the show, okay. she, she just di- died. Mm-hmm. Plus, like, Euron uh, Greyjoy, Greyjoy? The, the annoying guy in the movie that that uh, brought the ships to Cersei. Mm-hmm. He was, like, super annoying in the, the, the one that uh, Cersei slept with at the end. Yeah, yeah, he was annoying. Yeah, yeah, he's like oh, unbearable in the books. He he's so scary. Mm. So they kind of mm. made him like kind of weird, oddly charismatic and stuff. Yes, yes, yes. He's mm. oddly charismatic in the books. He's like relig- religious fanatic. Mm. He prays to the 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 god of of the sea. Mm. I feel like there are so many so many things that are not in the show. It would be hard to end them the same way as books. Yeah, I feel like the, almost also too that they kind of quickly cl- finished up the series and they kind of rushed mm-hmm. it and they just kind of go okay here's a two hour like power all basically we just need yes. to get done with this i think it was such a big mechanism that was probably hard to handle the pressure of keeping that machine going it probably cost mm-hmm. so much money and just the logistics alone was insane so that's why yeah. i like i really applauded as a show it was so incredible that they actually did it and it was so well casted too for a lot of the characters you know not all of them, mm-hmm. but a lot of them were pretty amazing. So, yeah. yeah, it's almost like when things get so good that fan fiction becomes the writing language, you know, and it's oh, like, yes. no, this you're ruining it. Like, I think that was the thing I was drawn to um, Game of Thrones the most was the biggest mechanism I loved was that characters die, but they're reincarnated in the other characters because their traits yes. carry on. And that's a really... It's kind of a unique and beautiful thing that's not really done because people get so precious with things. And it's mm-hmm. like the best characters are the ones that die. And that's what made that show so good because you're like, oh, shit, like anybody can die in this show. That's great. And um, when characters just didn't die and they were jumping on dragons and like flying around the world, uh, <laughs> like going from one part of the region to another in like a minute, you're just like, what? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So. yeah. <laughs> it was yeah. very frustrating because I was like, oh, man, it's reducing all of the mist, like the mystique of this, you know. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I have, I'm not going to, I don't want to crit- criticize it because for all the critics criticizing I have for it, I have equal love for it too. So um, especially like you said, I think from season one to four, it's probably better than 98% of the movies that oh, are yeah. made. So, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah the criticism doesn't come from the point of hate. Yeah, I love it so love. much. That's why. Yeah. yeah. Like you had to, like when the spring comes, it's like, oh, Game of Thrones. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's an absolute banger of a show. Yeah. yeah. And, and, the uh, way I, oh, sorry. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. The way I recommend Game of Thrones is uh, you just watch it till the season four or five. And then you just listen to audiobooks. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. Yeah. yeah. I'm actually considering going back to watch Lost, but I've actually now I'm thinking about it. Maybe I'll start listening to because I have all the all the Game of Thrones on, on audiobook. I might just listen to it because it takes a bit. You have to go into it and you have to fall into it. But yes. maybe I'll give it another year. So my memory is kind of scrubbed a lot of the um, the show logic away. Not mm-hmm. in a good like I, I just mean it because. I want to like kind of be pleasantly surprised by the books again. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I was going to kind of start watching that show lost again. Um, cause that show had a couple of really amazing seasons too, but. Oh yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Really... I, I actually learned English by watching lost. Oh really? That's interesting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I watched it multiple times and then I would put like, uh, I would turn off Russian dub and put it a English sound original and then, read to Russian letters and then watch it again and with English sound, English subtitles. 
Wow. And then lastly, just the English sound. It was lost, huh? Yeah, it was lost. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, good on you. I have then. this, like, for some reason, I have this, like, fantasy of I like people being in a confined space with a certain rules. That's why I love them. I love the gamified movies. Like if there's like Jumanji or some sort of a labyrinth thing hmm. where, where are the certain rules are in place yeah. and uh, this is the loss. They have to survive. They have, they are in confined space. Mm-hmm. There's some mystery there. And <laughs> that's what I like about it. That's awesome. Are you a fan of like um, Jim Henson's the labyrinth or labyrinth? Oh, I haven't seen. No Jim. way. You haven't seen Labyrinth? You would love it. Uh, Your art is so connected to it, I would uh, think. It's an old David Bowie movie. I mean, I'm, I just turned 37, so I think I'm legitimately turning old because people aren't used, like familiar with my references. <laughs> this is a movie okay. I grew up on. Oh, wow. It's amazing. Gonna, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's old, it. so be ready, but... Um, yeah, it's. Uh, well, yeah, they like, have all the like dolls and the oh, dude, it's the awesome. animatronics. Yeah, it's amazing. It's all puppets. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, this is like classic. It's got Jennifer Connelly in it. I mean, it's yeah, when she was like a young girl. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like as you were saying, the things you like about stuff, it's like this is oh well, this is exactly it. So there you go. Um, oh, I'm definitely the, checking it out. Yeah, the art and the style and everything is so. Um, I mean, look at like, just look up David Bowie, Goblin King and like, look at your art. I'm like, I'm surprised you've never seen it. Cause I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> David Bowie, Goblin King. Yeah. Maybe like this when reminds he's in his me. actual outfit, you know? Oh yeah, yeah. I can see it. Oh dude, this is definitely inspired the artist that I like. Yes. Like Yasushi Nirasawa, Takayuki Takeya. I think there was this a lot very... of just that. It was in a general like that was oh. that era was just generalized like fantasy special art kind of like hybrid fantasy art and stuff too mm-hmm. yeah but yeah there's oh, music okay. it's they're singing and stuff so be prepared so <gasps> no <laughs> oh yeah. my i cannot watch people sing me neither i hate it but i somehow <gasps> can watch this one it's not okay. a ton of it but there is some so just be prepared so yeah, oh my you've been God. warned <laughs> okay okay yeah i mean i know the i know the songs like i can sing them like i know them word for word because i grew up with it but oh, yeah okay. but you should just watch it because the art and stuff is pretty crazy i mean david bowie is uh you know at the time too especially because he's passed now but that's like when mm-hmm. he was um somewhat in his prime so when they had built this goblin king they kind of built it around this like kind of rock star that could play this dual role mm-hmm. so yeah, but I, I suggest watching it because the world is so fucking awesome. So mm-hmm. it's kind of that same area of like never ending story and all that kind of stuff. I don't know if mm-hmm. you've seen that movie. Have you seen that? Uh, nope. Oh, <laughs> uh, damn. Yeah. Well, you said you're 27. Is that what you said? 26? Oh, wait. Uh, 26. I've seen the. Oh, my God. Yeah. I, I think I'm having a flashback. <laughs> yeah. Probably have that. Maybe. Yeah. Well, I think I watched it when I was so little that I have a barely, barely any memories of myself. <laughs> but I remember this creature. This oh, is the, so the weird. Flying the dog dragon. Yeah, dog dragon. Yeah, uh, Falcor, I think his name is. So cool. Wow. Yeah. Love. This yeah, I'm gonna check though. this one out as well. <laughs> yeah, check them out. I mean, like I said, be careful because they're they've aged obviously. So you have to just kind of look at it with like a childish heart, and I think mm-hmm. you you'll appreciate it from that perspective. So, 
yeah, it's not like um, these aren't masterpiece films, but when there are some incredibly beautiful things that exist within mm-hmm. them, so that are definitely worth watching. Um, so I know I I guess you know we can talk a little bit about it, I guess, and and that'll be my decision to say something. But I know that you got something special coming up. I guess we won't say details, but I'm mm-hmm. excited about it. I'm sure you are as well. It's a lot of work. Oh yeah, so. yeah. Um, and I'm sure it probably helped you evolve your style too, and also mm-hmm. under- guides you to understand how you do what you do. So I yeah. imagine, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm excited for that. Is there um, other things that are coming up in your future that you're looking forward to, or future goals, or things that you're kind of developing or building? Um, the future. Well, I said like uh, doing sculpture. I need to like my my goal right now is to eliminate all the I don't know. I, I need to re, uh, I need to think about it. are there real goals or I just like sort of want to do them. So right now I wanted to delve into sculpture and like see if, if that's a real goal or not. And if not, then I'm going to move back to doing my own stuff. Mm. And I'm, I'm sort of attracted to um, these artists like Takayuki Takeya or Yasushi Nirasawa. This one is Yasushi Nirasawa. As you can see, it's like very inspired by that David Bowie thing. Oh, yeah. It kind of looks the same. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, And uh, they're just doing personal work. So that's what I wanted to do right now. And how do you feel like, because I I think all of us want to do that. The biggest problem I think is like, how do you provide a life in the interim of developing a base of fans that would support your own ecosystem, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, um, mm-hmm. this, is there a way, do you have like a plan for that? You're like, okay, I'm going to do this. And cause you know, a lot of people they monetize their art. They'll go, I'm going to do classes or I'm going to, um, do, uh, posters or whatever to, to generate income, to support a lifestyle. Um, mm-hmm. how do you, how do you go about that? Cause that's a, obviously a, a roadblock for us all. Oh yeah, I actually thought about it quite a lot. Uh, I think that's the reason why I'm not gonna probably go to the developed countries because uh, here I can have a one freelance gig and then it I can live for two months of of one freelance gig. That's awesome. And yeah, that's 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 my plan, and this this way I, I can have more time doing personal work, and then I can see like if if I want it or not uh sculptures toys maybe some some physical stuff definitely and uh maybe collaborating with someone to do to do something <laughs> i don't know that's cool yeah for some reason in my head the goal is so clear but the, once i verbalize it it's kind of strange i don't have the ip or the universe that i want to make because all of my work is sort of a psychotherapy for myself and uh, they are floating in like this dark space it's because um when i walk on the street i sort of imagine people having like everybody has their own fears and neuroses or everything like that so i try to imagine like what their demons would look like Hmm. and then what 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 kind of a creature would float behind them carrying their their weight and that this is what i (laughs) what i do in my own work that's kind of cool and it's just kind of like something that you kind of build from within yourself i guess and like look outwards towards the world and stuff yeah and i don't think you need to have like necessarily an ip it's just 
Yeah. I mean, I know that's, that seems to be the route that a lot of people have. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know? So, yeah. but I think that's also like a, that's a byproduct of de- the desire to find a way to sustain a living off of something, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, Oh, like let's put all these ideas to a thing. And, you know, I, I think that art should, I mean, not, I mean, art is whatever, but I think some art could have a narrative aspect. I was just talking about this with um, my friend Francois. He was doing this really beautiful painting. And then I was, and he was like, he, he was kind of mm-hmm. being hard on himself about it. He's like, oh, like I want to, I know it's just to study this and that. And I was like, oh, it's just missing the narrative aspect. So we kind of talked about like what the world was and we discussed like, oh, maybe change the composition and add a piece of inquiry. And then once you do that, then it's like becomes this thing that you can kind of apply new meanings to and then it kind of evolves so as he was doing that he was discovering like oh like my art actually can adjust based on narrative like aspects to it you know Mm -hmm. but um i guess you only kind of discover those things as you go through the process you know so yeah well journey is different right so yeah exactly Uh, i'm i was like well as you can see i'm inspired by giger as well and uh i feel like once they adapted it to alien it kind of uh, made it less mysterious because before that uh if you look at the interviews with giger and stuff he had like nightmares he was taking opium to i don't know get rid of those nightmares and those these artworks were a byproduct of that yeah and he lived it he saw it, it was so yes yeah. yes exactly and then when you have the adapted to a movie it's beautiful. I, I love it so much. But there's there has to be a planet. There has to be like, sure. uh, I don't know, some race. And now in, in recent movies, everything is explained. In the yeah. Aliens, Jim Cameron's movie, uh, from it, it was a mysterious creature. And now they're just like shooting at it and it looks like a rat. <laughs> it became <Yeah>. a rodent. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's, yeah. There's a, it's yeah. interesting too because people, I'm, Alien is probably one of my favorite of all time yes. of that genre personally. And I know I talk yep. about this all the time on the podcast, but I don't care because I love it. Um, <laughs> but it's, it's because of those reasons because it lets you, it kind of pulls you in and it sets a mood and a tone, you know? And, yeah. and that's what I meant by like the goal of art for me is like that tone. It's like, I want that tone, yes. you know? Yes. Um, it's so hard though. It's so much work. <laughs> yeah. but I think that's the exchange, you know, it's like, because like you, like, you know, it's one thing to, to be stricken with, um, the curse of being uh uh like like giger who was like threatened by like a uh, mental trauma his whole life mm-hmm. um then it's it's uh but it also takes a whole crew to like bring his his art to to life and put it into a film you know which is mm-hmm. a whole nother thing you know and build a narrative around it too that it doesn't suck so yeah that was yeah, such a risky yeah. film too if you think about oh, it oh yeah yeah. yeah, but the payoff was was Giger's work, obviously, and but it was it was all in tandem with so many other things, you know. So mm-hmm. everything in that film worked as it needed to to be a part of itself. So, mm-hmm. um, but I think that's really one of the great things that connects. That's why I was like wondering if you'd seen Under the Skin because um, there are some. I'm watching things. it definitely. <laughs> yeah, just be prepared. It's very it's very unique. So just be prepared for it. So it's mm-hmm. it's unconventional in a lot of ways, which just mm-hmm. it kind of reduces and kind of destroys expectations, which is fun too. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, just be warned because yeah, well, I I think it's really cool. And there's a lot of interesting things to it too. So, mm-hmm. yeah, definitely <laughs> gonna check it out. I love weird stuff. So yeah, sounds like it, which is good. <laughs> So yeah. when you're walking around, you're thinking of like the demons that people carry. So you're looking at their traits and like what they do. 
and kind of yeah looking at my own stuff plus all the myths and uh you know i was like reading jung so What's they that? had this like uh carl jung the um, psychotherapist mike uh, you were discussing the, uh yes 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 carl Jung. yeah it was mike hill yeah 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 yeah, yeah. uh so I was reading, I'm, I'm not an expert by any means, so, but I just try to find symbolic representations of, uh, of certain emotions or like, uh, I sit there and I think like, what would be the image of what I'm feeling? And sometimes I get it. Sometimes I don't. Hmm. So gratifying when you do though. Huh? Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> Usually those ones are, uh, because it takes me quite a long time to finish the artwork. So if I'm not motivated by these emotions, that I'm not going to finish them. Yeah. I mean, what's the point, right? Because if you're, yeah. if what you're after is, is desiring, like finding that feeling and, and, and fulfilling it, then what else is there, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's kind of like, I don't know, I guess that's kind of what I, I guess annoying, but when you say it, it kind of makes sense is those are the things that I, I'm lured to your art from those things. I just feel like you're not making it cool for cool sake. You're kind of just pulling into yourself and like you're exposing it to the world, I guess, Mm -hmm. which I think is really cool. Um, I mean, uh, yeah, I keep doing that because I feel that for me as a fan of your work, I feel like that's um, such a beautiful thing. It's such a strength to have too. And um, it's so easy to look oh. on the trends of art and go like, I really want to do this because it's trending right now and, and be really good with it for those superficial reasons. Um, and we all do them in certain ways, whether we know it or not, but um, to do, to kind of pull from within yourself and make your own things really cool. So I applaud you. I think it's really good. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, man. Well, dude, thank you so much. I apologize for the multiple times that we've had to reschedule this okay. podcast. <laughs> to those that didn't know, there's been a really crazy week and uh, well, a couple of weeks in the coronavirus. And then I've been working around the clock. And so I just didn't. Um, you, I think we were going to do them in my early morning and then your evening. But I was so <laughs> I'd just be I would go I was going to sleep at like six or seven in the morning and then waking, oh my God. And then waking up at 10. It would just I would just, I might as well not sleep and then I'd just be re- wrecked. So. And I also wouldn't be cognitively like sound to be interviewing you. So I was like, this is, wouldn't be worth it. So I, I appreciate you being patient and, and generous with your time. Cause yeah, it wasn't as easy as usual to schedule this one, unfortunately, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's but okay. Thank you. thank you. Dude, thank you. Thank you so much. I've been a, such a long fan of, of the podcast and I feel like, uh, the dialogues that you had with these artists, uh, helped me to, they helped me to guide myself along the path and uh, it's definitely like a big part of my artistic journey and i told my friends that i'm going to go on your podcast and they were like congratulating me like i won the oscars that's and so that's cool. definitely how i feel <laughs> wow well i'm 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 that's it's i'm very humbled by yeah. that and thank you for yeah. i i really i i don't um it's probably a bad thing but maybe it's a good thing i don't know or think that anybody listens to this it's why i'm okay oh. with being authentic about it so um <laughs> but and i appreciate that it means a lot and it it's there's so many times where I'm like, I don't want to fucking do this podcast anymore. Cause it is, <laughs> it's a decent amount of work. Um, yeah. Andrew's, I couldn't do it obviously without Andrew's help, but we've been doing it for, I don't know, six years or so now, but, um, but hearing that helps, you know, so I appreciate that. Usually what I like to do at the end of the show is get a sense of motivation or inspiration or something 
from you that you would tell your past self or other artists that are coming up with that might be um, seeking some sort of motivation or inspiration? I know it's tough because I always put people on the spot at the end here, but I, um, if you have something that you can think of like, oh man, I really wish that I knew this when I was starting out or I wish I knew this when I was like having this trouble. Is there something that comes to mind that you can help mm. the community with? I think writing down your goal and creating the ideal that you can strive for, uh, like taking a selection of artists and maybe snippets of their biography uh, might might help you to uh, might help to guide the new artist. Like basically having an ideal and then striving for it. That's just, I think it's for everything in life, but for art it's so crucial because it's very visual. Like you just hang your favorite artists on the wall and then look at them, look at good art and uh, work hard and you are going to make good art. Yeah. I think that's, that's, that's it. <laughs> that's it, baby. That's a good, I mean, it's, it's simple, <laughs> but it's so pure. And I agree too, because yeah. it is, that is really the essence of it is just doing that and putting forth mm-hmm. and having a plan and like focusing on it and establishing it and executing it too and doing yes. it daily every day like yes, dedicating daily. your life and your soul to your practice you know so mm-hmm. because that's the only way we get good yep. so yeah. all right there it is everybody thank you so much to arson for coming on the show and sharing his time with us this week um he's such a nice person and it's so nice to meet artists that are awesome and also really sweet so thank you so much arson appreciate you taking the time and sharing your journey with us. Uh, you can find links to the show notes for this week's episode at thecollectedpodcast.com slash 226. You can also find links to the show notes and all that kind of good, fun stuff at thecollectedpodcast.com. Um, that's it, everybody. Please, uh, there's a lot of madness going on in the world. Try to spread some joy. Try to spread some happiness. Um, stay positive if you can. And stay focused on learning and growing and being a better person than you were yesterday. Because today is a new day. So on that note, you guys go out there, be powerful, be prolific, everybody. Peace out, everyone. <laughs>